police was there. The whole nation was there. It would be like being on national television today. And all of them came. And you know what happened. All the false prophets did all this crazy stuff and cut themselves and danced and shouted and bangs, all kinds of things. You, see, they used to do that. Jezebel and this terrible religion that was ushered in there, they sacrificed the first sons of Jewish mothers. They took the first child of a Jewish woman. They had, they had idols of Baal made out of metal. They opened up the belly, the fire in there, and they would throw the new baby in there. And the mother would scream. And they would all carry on and scream and bang instruments and cut themselves. And you think, my God, the days of Elijah were horrible. Well... Partial birth abortion is legal in your nation. I read it in a Christian magazine the other day. Do you know what a saline solution abortion is? There's a child inside the mother. You know, most abortions are for convenience. And so the doctor takes a big needle, sticks it through the wall of the mother's stomach has a saline salt solution in it and plunges the thing and it goes into the child. The child explodes. Have you ever seen the silent scream? There are videos of it. And so the doctor then has to, to fish in the mother with forceps. There's the head. There's the arm. What Wait, the hands. Oh, there's the there's the, yeah, there's, I got all the pieces, put it in a plastic bag and throw it in the garbage. So these are the days of Elijah. And we need some Elijahs. The Lord God of Israel, before whom I stand, Ahab, says this. We need men and women that get shut, shut apart with the Lord at the brook, that get filled with the brook, that go to the place of refining. They get refined and their character gets changed and they become more and more like Jesus. Then they find the next generation. Then they make disciples. What we're doing on Mount Carmel, one reason I can be here, if you saw the DVD whenever, yesterday morning or this morning, whenever it was, oh, those are all the disciples. They're bringing in the harvest. But we've trained them. We poured our lives into them. They, we know them. We love them. They know us. We live with them. We care about them. They know it. And that's what the church should be doing, the community of God. What was the last thing Jesus said? Go and make disciples of all nations. It's the commission. It's the Elijah commission. Not just to prophesy, not just to preach, not just to do this. It's to care about the next generation and raise them in the things of godliness. It's the Elijah legacy. That's what changed Israel after the encounter in the cave, and he went and got Elisha. So up there on the mountain, he put the 12 stones around the altar. It represents the 12 tribes of Israel. That's what the Scripture says. It was a prophetic act when he did it, because the 10 northern tribes were separated from Judah and Benjamin in the south. For us today, it is the 12 tribes. We have them in our congregation. We put them around the altar. But it means much, much more than that. 12, the number 12... The 12, you can go through the Bible and just look at the 12s. The 12 springs. 
at Elam. It's the place of oasis, the 12. The 12 lions in front of Solomon's throne, the golden lions, it's authority. The 12 governors that he had, the 12 apostles, the 12 gates of Jerusalem, the 12 trees along the river of life that, that brings the healing to the nation. The number 12 is the place of the government of God on earth. It's governmental authority. We are the ecclesia. We are the called out ones that have been given authority in a geographic area. That's what the word church means. Elijah put those 12, it's unity. I mean real unity. Because the fire is going to come and make you one. Hallelujah. He put the wood on there. He chopped up that bull and put all the, the animal there. There was blood everywhere. And then he prayed that simple prayer, Lord God of Abraham, Isaac. He didn't say Jacob. You look at it. First Kings 18. The Lord God of Abraham, Isaac, and Israel. Let it be known you are God in Israel this day. Hear me, O oh Lord, hear me. Turn the hearts of the people back to you. It's the prayer that we all should be crying out for Great Britain and for Israel. Turn their hearts, turn their hearts, turn their hearts, turn their hearts. That this people may know that you are God in Haifa. You are God in London. And all of a sudden, the heavens were rent. The heavens were torn open. And a fireball, supernatural fire, came out of heaven. Can you imagine the people? The fathers and the mothers and the kids screaming. And, and down it came, wham, right onto the sacrifice. It burned up all the meat. It was all burned. The wood burned. The water burned. The stones burned. The dust burned. There was nothing left. And all through the camp, people started to fall. Oh, my God. The fear of God returned to Israel. God had returned to Israel. The fire of God had returned. The fire of his love. The fire of his jealousy for his people. The fire of his holiness. All over the mountain. Imagine families. In that holy moment. Elisha must have said to Elijah, how did you know the fire was going to fall? Elijah said, I have done all these things at your word. That's what he prayed. Because the Lord had told him. Can you imagine Elisha? How long did it take you to hear him? Well, I have to, you need to shut in with God and wait and cry, wait on him until he hears. You know that you've heard his voice and then you obey. The prophet of fire. This thing might, must have got a little singed that day. So Elijah goes to the cave. The Lord's in the cave with him. Tells him to go and get that boy. He obeys. 
Elisha follows him. They were together seven years. What an apprenticeship. That young man had the reputation of the young man who washed the hands of Elijah. That's what they said about him. He served his father. He guarded his father's reputation. He stood loyal to his father. He walked with his father. One time I was speaking in a conference in, I think it was Holland, and uh, this national conference, and uh, they were going to have all the pastors leave and then bring the youth. I said, whoa, 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 wait a minute. Bring the youth when the pastors are there. Well, we've never done that. Well, let's do it anyway, okay? And we had a whole couple of meetings of fathers and sons and pastors and the next generation and servanthood. And it was so wonderful what happened. When you look, how many people here are under 25? Raise your hand. Come on up here. That's it? Chris, get up here. <laughs> I mean, I mean, really, not in the spirit. If I said in the spirit, we'd all raise it. Now, just stand and look at the people. Now, look at them. Aren't they beautiful? This is the next generation. This is the Elisha generation. They can do a lot more, a lot of things that I can't do. I can do a few things you can't do either. But see, I've been burned, so that's how I got there. <laughs> but God wants the church to be one. I call it cross-generational something in the book. All these big, you know, big terms. It just means loving the next generation, seeing them for who they are, listening to them, hearing them. I'm sure that Elijah must have listened to Elisha, and it probably thought it sometimes... This, this kid really doesn't know much, you know, but he, the Lord's working. To... <laughs> there was a great American writer named Mark Twain who said when he was 16, his parents didn't know anything. And when he turned 21, he was amazed at how much his parents had learned. <laughs> so here's the Elisha generation. Hallelujah. The finisher anointing needs to be on them. So Elijah is ready to hang in there. I'm going to do something else with you. It, why, don't you get, why don't you go sit down? You, you're the Mrs. Elisha's, okay? You embarrassed? So the father's going home. The prophetic word is out. Elijah's going to go back to heaven. These guys, the father and the son, they go to all the Bible schools, all the churches they planted, all the sons of schools of prophets. They go to Gilgal. They go to Bethel. They, they planted a school of the prophets right next to that false altar that Jeroboam set up there. They went right into the enemy's camp on Mount Carmel where the prophets of Baal were. So they ended up at Jericho. They came to Jericho. They get to Jericho. And Elijah, the father, keeps saying, what do you want? And he keeps saying, it's like Ruth. Where you go, I will go. 
such a picture of fathers and sons, or the father and the son. And they come to the, let's go to the Jordan. They come to the Jordan. Here's the Jordan. <laughs> and they look at it, and you probably think, um, are we going to swim, or what, what are we going to do here? The 50 sons of the prophets are back there. They watched from a distance. Brothers and sisters, get out of the grandstand and get into the game. Get on the playing field. You've heard, you've heard prophetically what's happening. The prophetic word comes. Obey it and go. Elijah's. Get up and go when they get the word of the Lord. It's time for us to get out of the pews and out of the churches and get out and reach the people into the home groups or whatever the Lord's called you to do to start preaching the gospel to the lost sheep. So they get to the Jordan. These 50 won't go all the way. Elijah takes the cloak, hits the Jordan. It opens up. They go through. Let's go through on dry ground. Now, wait a minute. We're going down, okay? Yeah. See, Jordan means to go down, Jordan. Jordan is the place of humility. These guys got lower. These guys were standing back there going, oh, I don't know if I'm, what are those two guys doing? Jordan is the place of death to self. This boy wanted it. Because he wanted this. He wanted to be a prophet of fire. It says they went avar in Hebrew. It says they went beyond. Church, God wants to take us so far beyond where we are. We can't stay stuck where we are. No status quo. Come on, let's get up and go. There's so much to, the Lord wants us to do. So they walk on. I don't know what they talked about, it, but it says they talked. When I get to heaven, I'm going to ask them what they were talking about. Probably about, tell me one more time how you raised that boy from the dead or something. I don't know. And so they get there, and so you say to me, I want a double portion of your spirit. I want a double portion of your spirit. Oh. That's a difficult thing. You sure you want it? Well, that's good. You need to count the cost. He thought about it. Well, if you see me when I go, you'll get it. Says they walked on. The heavens opened again. You see, the spirit and power of Elijah has opened heaven. You walk under it. The heavens opened again. Down came the fiery horses. Down came the chariot of fire. Elijah got into it. I don't know if he waved goodbye or gave him one last hug. Doesn't say. But wham, in a whirlwind, off he went. This boy is standing on the other side of the Jordan. He's lost his spiritual father. He cries out to God. He's going, Avi, Avi, my father. My father. You want to do that? My father, my father. Good. British Elishas, hallelujah. In America, father has an R in it. I know here it doesn't. <laughs> my father, my father. 
the horseman and the chariot of Israel. Elijah was the chariot of Israel. He was the prophetic anointing on Israel. It was gone. The word in Hebrew is the word for the, he, the, the Israeli tank. These things move fast. They don't miss. They, 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 they take out the enemy. He was a, the spiritual tank. He was a chariot of fire and it was gone. And the boy is left on the other side of the Jordan. He's lost his spiritual father. He's asked for this double portion of his spirit. He tears his clothes like any good Jewish boy does when somebody dies. And what's he going to do? Where is this? Hmm? This is where it is. He threw it out of the chariot. That's the anointing. That's the glory. That's the fire. That's the life-changing power of somebody that's going down into the baptism of death and come up in newness of life at the Jordan. How do you get it? Let's see you do it. Whoa, 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 whoa. That thing could burn you. That's your father's. Maybe it'd be good to get on your knees to get it. Try it. Oh, look at this. Wow. Wow. Fathers clothe their children. He's got it. Okay, come on. You're back at the Jordan. Now that's Israel, the promised land. There's the Jordan. What are you going to do? Do you have faith that it will open? Okay. Pray in the Holy Spirit, building yourself up in the most holy faith. No. Hit that Jordan. Come on, hit it. Yeah. Come on through. Woo. Yeah. The spirit of Elijah now rests on the next generation. Brothers and sisters, do you want the fire? You came forward for the fire. It costs everything. If you want this thing, you can go back to your post. Thank you. If you want the anointing, you see, you need to want to go into the fire. Moses was walking through the desert and saw this burning bush, and he was drawn to the fire. He, he didn't run away from it. The double portion that this boy asked for. The firstborn son in every Jewish family got a double portion. He was the spiritual son of, of Elijah. Who's the firstborn from the dead? Jesus. Who are you? You're an heir and co-heir with Christ Jesus. He paid the price for the double portion for every believer that is hungry and thirsty enough and committed enough to cry out for it. It's ours. It's our inheritance.
You see, the fire that fell on Mount Carmel, it's all the cross. The animal, the blood, the wood, the water. It's all the cross. It means a church that wants to run to the cross. That wants to live a crucified life. That wants more, more of him, less of me, more of him. All of, all of him, none of me. The anointing, this kind of anointing, this double portion anointing, this last day's anointing, this finisher anointing is for a church that won't stay back with the 50, but that will go with the Jordan, that will go all the way with Elijah, will go all the way with Jesus and cry out and say, I need more fire. I need more fire. I want you to sanctify me. I want to be refined. I'll go to Zarephath, whatever it costs. I want everything you have that I will not miss my destiny. And God wants to impart that into you tonight. I saw it in your faces. I saw it when you came forward. The cloak of Elijah. The mantle of Elijah. The glory, the fire, the anointing. It lays at the Jordan. Waiting for a church to come and get on their knees. And pick it up. And move in the double portion anointing. That God has released for the last days. If the Holy Spirit is speaking to you, I'm going to ask you to get out of your seats and come right down here, and we're going to have a moment of prayer. I believe the Lord's going to impart to you a revelation and an experience and a commitment to walk in this double portion anointing. Come all the way up as far as you can. Make room for everybody, whoever is coming. I can't lay hands on everybody, but I'm going to pray over you, and you need the hands of the Father to touch you, not my hands. But we move in a double portion anointing on Mount Carmel. It's happened ever since we got there. We just keep getting double, double, double. Every time we ask for something, we get double, double, double. And it's just something the Lord, I don't know why, but it's something the Lord has released, and people see it when they come, and, and it's just, that's... We needed a van, so the German church sends us two vans. It's just, praise God. We started a drug rehab and it became a church the same day. And I thought it was one, but it was two. But listen, this double portion, Jesus paid the price already. It's yours. But so many won't go to the Jordan and get down in the place of humility and just pick it up. But it costs everything. And Elisha wanted it, even after living with Elijah for seven years. Probably a lot of us would have gone home the first month. But he wanted it. Do you want? It's purity, then power. He was purified at that brook. He was sanctified in Seraphim. It's purity and then power. It's daily asking the Lord to sanctify. I was doing it during the worship here. How could anyone not ask to be sanctified in that anointing that came with that dance? I listened to that song by Michael W. Smith on my iPod out on Mount Carmel. I mean, it's an anointed place to want to go into that fire. And praise God for a young man like him in an Elisha generation that is impacting young people all over the world. But it's for all of us. Let's just raise our hands and surrender to the Lord.
Father, I'm just asking you, I've seen the faces. I've seen the hunger. I've seen the thirst. I've seen the longing for more of you in these beautiful people you have gathered here, Lord. What a privilege to even be part of it. And Lord, I ask you now, if we delight ourselves in the Lord, you will give us the desires of our heart. We've been delighting in you. And Lord, I believe you've been pleased by much of what we've done here. The purity of the worship, the times of prayer, the seeking your face, the fun in the Holy Spirit, the seriousness of crying out for your people Israel in, the, in these desperate times in Israel. Lord. The heartbroken cry and wail for, for Great Britain and the, and the apostate church and the backslidden condition of so many people that call themselves Christian. Lord, it's all of you. And Lord, I ask you, even as we, we move from the prophetic, as we've heard prophetically, we've heard prophetically that we're standing at that Jordan and we, we would all say individually, here I am, Hineni, send me. I will pick up the Elijah cloak. I will get on my knees at the Jordan. I will go. I will obey. I will humble myself. I want the kind of compassion he had for that widow. I want the kind of commitment he had to holiness. I want the kind of commitment he had to you. I want to lead a consecrated life, cut off from the garbage of the world. I want to be a man of communion. I want to be a man of courage, a woman of courage that takes a stand for righteousness in my generation, just like Elijah and Elisha, Lord. Lord, do it. Do it, Lord. Lord, we impart this double portion, whatever we have. We just give it away, Lord. Lord, we ask you to touch everybody here by the power of your Holy Spirit with a holy zeal for you, a zeal for God, a burning zeal, a passionate priesthood that we will be priests of the Most High God like Elijah crying out to you, Lord, that the people may know that there is a God in Israel. The Lord God of Elijah lives in Great Britain. The Lord God of Elijah lives in Israel. Use us, Lord. Lord, the hour is late. Help us redeem the time, for the days are evil. No wasting time. That man, every moment of his life, was dedicated to you, Lord. And he raised up a son, and sons and daughters all over the land who walked like he walked. Oh, God. Don't pass Britain by. Don't pass her by, Lord. Don't pass her by, Lord. Look down. See your remnant. See the remnant church all over the land in different places, Lord. In the north, the south, the east, and the west. God, don't pass Britain by, Lord. Lord, have mercy. Open the heavens, Lord. Send the fire, Lord. Send the fire, Lord. Send the fire, Lord. Send the fire, Lord. Lord, we pray like General Booth. Send the fire. Send the fire to burn up every trace of sin and to let your light and glory in. Let's just pray this prayer together. Jesus, I make a fresh commitment to you. Thank you for the cross. Thank you for your blood. 
thank you that I have been crucified with you. Let your life live through me in much greater measure. I want a double portion. And I receive it from you. And I bless you in this place. Heavenly Father is watching. Lord, help us walk in what you have been releasing in these two days. We want to go beyond. We don't want to stay where we are. Take us beyond. We say, here we are. Here we are. Use us. Send us wherever. If it's Art Seraphat, we say, I will go. Mm -hmm. 
Lord, I ask you that you would release your Father's heart and all the people here to be spiritual fathers and mothers in Britain. The desperation of our kids and we're responsible for so much of it. We open the floodgates. Lord, raise up fathers and mothers. Raise them up, Lord. Impart your father's heart. Father's heart that you put into Elijah. used Chris as an illustration tonight. I think it was a very apt and a very timely illustration. Um, we are his pastors and he is our son in the Lord. And I think it would be a good moment right at this moment. We've used him as an illustration but if we prayed over this man because I believe he has a promise and a future in God he's got his he's got exams and he's got his schooling to finish and I think that's right but I do believe that the call of God is upon his life and I do believe there'll be an unfolding measure of increasing spirit and increasing fire upon that man's young man's heart and life and I would like you to pray with us, maybe Karen too, that we just see the unfolding blessing of God. And remember, you saw it here. You saw it here. Come, Chris, we want you to know that we love you in the Lord. And uh, we see God's unfolding work upon your life. God's promise for you is mighty. You're going to find... Some fiery darts come against you. But your God is going to be a mighty stronghold and a mighty fortress. And I just see in the days ahead great things for you. You are going to go beyond anything that we have seen. And I believe you are going to be an Elisha even greater than Elijah in accomplishing greater miracles. A double portion. Hallelujah. There are exciting times. And if there were more, more people like you, young people, there are young people around. Praise God for that. But you know, I, I, it is interesting. I have preached that the, the sermon I preached in Spain was there are many instructors. The Bible, Paul said there are 10,000 instructors, but too few fathers too few and mothers I might add and I have preached that same message three times now in every church I've been I was in another church up in North Derbyshire last week and it's the same message that I believe God has called me to, to, to pass out to the church because and it was good and comforting to hear you saying the same thing and I say it to you people God's looking for mothers and fathers in the church oh let's pray We've been with the Chinese. 
I speak about fathers, they all start weeping. It's a culture that doesn't know their father. I minister to our Ethiopians, they start sobbing about the father. I minister to our Arabs. When the father ran out to the prodigal, no Arab father would do that. But our Heavenly Father does. And they're undone when they see it. I've seen a whole family fall on their knees and come to the Lord. God is looking for fathers and mothers. Chris, you have a Heavenly Father in Heaven. He's perfect. He turned his face from his beloved son, Jesus. What the father and son went through, we'll never know. As Jesus gave up his spirit for us. But the father's love for humanity is perfect. It is healing. Know your heavenly father. He gives good gifts to his children. They're perfect. How much more will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit for those who ask him? So Lord, I pray that Chris will know the Father's love. I, I, I see you. I see you running. I see you. <laughs> seems like you're going over the fields, the beautiful, the beautiful meadows of Britain, but you're going further and beyond. There's mountains in the distance. And it's just the very beginning, Chris. Follow the Lord with all your heart, and he'll take you to the ends of the earth. He has a call on your life. Stay low. Love your elders. Honor your father and mother in the spirit. and fulfill your destiny in Jesus. And when you go, I may be on Mount Carmel sitting in a rocking chair, laying hands on young people and saying, go, don't come back, and I'll see you when we get there. But um, you just go when the Lord says. Amen. We love you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Thank you for precious gems, Lord, precious jewels in your crown. Thank you for these two, Lord, jewels in your crown. Father, help us who are a little older to be good mothers and fathers. Help us, Lord. Give us of your wisdom that we may be what you want us to be. And for them we pray, Lord. We pray, Lord, that they will have mothers and fathers that will bless them and strengthen them and encourage them and teach them and lead them to the feet of Jesus. Hallelujah. 
who will introduce them to the Holy Spirit and fill them full, fill them full with everything the Holy Spirit has for them, Lord God. That they be healed from the hurts of the past. Healed, Father God, from the pains, Lord God, that they've suffered as the result, Father God, of us, the older generations, and of other things, Lord God. Healed and strengthened, Lord God. Encouraged and blessed, Lord God. For these two, Father, we release them today. We thank you, Father, for that mantle which they have picked up. We thank you, Father, for the future that they have. We thank you, Father, for the hope that you have put into their lives. We thank you that they have you as Father ultimately. That you are the Father who cares for them. That every day of their life you're watching over them. That angels shall go with them. That Father God, every divine connection and every divine arrangement and every divine provision shall be made for them spiritually, physically, mentally, intellectually, financially. Fill their soul, their body and their spirit, Lord God, with the things of you. So this day, Lord, we say thank you for them. Thank you for them. We release them into the first steps of their new walk with you. Church, it's so important that we know the Father. You see, the Father, when Abraham took Isaac up the mountain, the Father was watching. He knew what it all pointed to. the father who would finally release his son to come and die for us the love of the father is healing I ask Lord that for a revelation it needs to be by experience too of the father's love when I met Jesus, my parents were dead. And when I read Luke 15, I couldn't believe it. That the Father ran out to me. See, I thought I came to him. I went to a Christian bookstore and got, looked at every translation there to make sure that's what it really said. That the Father, he's always running out. I was ministering to a drug addict once, had a Baptist pastor with me, it was Arabs he was translating. The heroin addict was full of demons. I said to the Baptist pastor, Luke, read Luke 15. When he got to the father, while well, he was still a long way off, the father ran out to him. Imagine a Middle Eastern father running with his cloak 
flying behind him. You know what happened? The father was listening in the other room, the Arab father, and he came into the room where we were and fell on his knees, started crying and asked forgiveness of the drug addict son. The drug addict son fell on his knees and they hugged each other and wept and wept just like the product. Then the mother came, then the sister came. There was tears all over the dining room. It was the love of the father. We staggered out of there. Karen was praying with the Arab pastor's wife somewhere. We staggered out of there into this place, in the alleyway in Haifa. And the Arab pastor said, what happened? No Arab father has ever done that that I've seen. I said, brother, it's the love of the father that your people need to know and that we need to know. Hallelujah.